Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to another episode of WA Expose, the podcast about local arts by local artists. As always, I'm your host, Aria Scarlett, with the immense privilege of recording this podcast on Wajak Noongar Budja. Today's guest is finally, yes, I know you've all asked for it, but the third Macri sister who started performing at two years old in dance concerts in her parents' attempt to channel the ridiculous energy and personality that appeared at this very young age. She's a natural, tried and true theatre kid who has dabbled in dance, music theatre, singing and making a fool of herself for a living. Since 2018, she has been producing, choreographing and performing in cabaret shows inspired by the works of Liza Minnelli, Bob Fosse and Candor and Ebb. By day, she manages West Coast Music School and teaches singing and piano, sharing her passion with students of all ages. You already know what I'm going to say. Of course, it's Kiara Meckley. Hello. Oh my goodness. Hello. Meow, 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 meow. The thing that people keep telling me needs to happen is finally oh, happening. stop it. <laughs> I call bullshit immediately. The people is me. I've been, so- <laughs> I've been the one saying people. it. What are you talking about? You are also people. <laughs> and then there have been like two other people who have consistently been like, don't, get, don't. Oh, don't, don't do let um, I know. It's actually <laughs> very bold of you letting me speak on a microphone for an hour. Absolutely. Like, yeah. Apologies in advance, you know. For Apolo- the, no, we're here to read. I <laughs> cannot even imagine the word vomit that's about to come out of this face. So. I'm very, very excited. <laughs> and I hope that we finally get some dish and some, di- get some dish, get some dirt. On oh, the other good. Two. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's what I'm here for. <laughs> that is what I'm here for. Immediately. You know what? No, we actually can't do that because the, lo- the thing that they're going to love more is the fact that you spent your hour talking about them. So we're going to be. Exactly. You know what? You are so right. I mean, who? The other two macro sisters, who? Never heard of them. Nicole? um, Who? Couldn't tell you. Never heard of them in my life. So sorry. Verus. (laughs) Verus. Verus. And Verus and and Cole? That's it. That must be it. I wouldn't know. Mm, Okay. Nat King Cole. (laughs) Can you imagine if I was actually just Nat King Cole's sister? Damn. (laughs) (laughs) It's really sad about my like, heritage oh, wow. now. I actually really need to rethink a lot of things right now. Well, I mean, I wish. All right, well, forget about that. Forget about that. Forget about them. Forget about them. They're not even here. Why music? Why music? Oh, gosh, what a question. I mean, why not? <laughs> because, you know why? Because it's not sport. That's Absolutely. why. No. And I, here at WXPSA, we hate sport. We hate, we hate sport. Plot twist for later in the episode where I explain how I've accidentally become an athlete in the last year. We'll get to that later. Um, no, music because it's, I guess it's just, you know what? I don't even know if I really chose music. I think, I'm not about to say that music chose me. Don't worry. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, no, but light. I was yeah. just... <laughs> 
so surrounded by music my mm. whole life, like from literally probably from the birthing suite, to be quite honest with you. <laughs> and it, my, my the both. symphony of screams. Oh, exactly. Yeah. And I was like, wow, harmony immediately. <laughs> um, but my parents have always been music lovers. Mm. And I, I came into the, I'm the last addition to the family. I, I'm the youngest of the three. Congratulations. Uh, not that we're like talking about them. No, yeah. but I, I was the fifth and final member of the Macri family. And so they had sort of all established that they loved music and did all these kind of things. So I just mm. got to kind of join the family and be like, cool, what are we doing in this household? <laughs> and it was a lot of listening to music. Yep. So I think it was just always in front of me and um, bless our dad who absolutely wanted, you know, that typical son when he first started his parenting journey mm. and uh, he got three very girly, very arty, very theatrical girls. Uh, <laughs> That's on him for playing music in the house. Exactly. Like, no, no, he did this to us music. for sure. No, my dad through and through is and always has been a girl dad yeah. and he now, of course, is like one of our absolute biggest cheerleaders but um, we just all kind of took to it very quickly mm. and like we said in my intro, it was kind of a given because we were such outgoing extroverted kids that it was like let's get these dickheads on a stage because what <laughs> are we gonna do like, like I know like we cannot handle these personalities and so it just kind of it just kind of naturally took I guess and I think now that I guess answering the question in terms of like why music still is mm. that it's always been the way that I've been able to express myself or even be in tune with my own emotions mm, and kind of um, communicate with others and find empathy, creativity, all those kinds of things as well. So it definitely feels the most kind of me when I think about the sort of avenues that you can choose in life. Music's, I like that. Yeah, music's always been the thing that um, makes the most sense to me. I don't think anyone's ever summed it up in under five minutes before, so we're going to oh stop the episode goodness. and you can go home. Um, no, I did it. But we can like hone down on it. If it's like the mode that you found of like expression and a way yeah. that you were able to communicate with people, which is I love that as an answer, Yeah. then you can actually go even deeper from that point then is like why the sort of like cabaret and jazz stylings, what yes. spoke to you in that world? Yeah, I think – you know, I think I could answer that question in, in a lot of different ways. But I guess, again, to, to summarise it in five minutes, because we've been time efficient today, <laughs> um, it's cabaret especially, to me, felt like the most kind of liberated or like um, boundless kind of form of theatre mm, where I can just so? kind of, you can just kind of do whatever you want. Mm, it's quite a yeah. broad area, whereas, you know, I have a musical theatre background, where which I absolutely adore but it's definitely like here's the script you've got to do it by the book yep. um you know it's and 17 other people have already done it better than you ever will. oh my god <laughs> ain't that the truth yep. um and yeah like you you just do exactly what's written and you and it's a it's a copy of a copy because it's literally copyrighted absolutely. right and so cabaret was kind of this option for me that felt like I could create and um just kind of be myself and and create whatever I wanted to happen on the stage. So it kind of felt like um, the, not necessarily the easiest, but it felt like the most kind of, the form that was calling to me the most because I was like, here are all these random things that I want to do. How do I find a place where I can do them all? Oh, cabaret. It kind of Random came things from that you want to do? Do you mean like in the terms of like singing and dancing and like what, yeah, what are the things you Yeah, combining? well, I guess, I mean, 
like I said, there was a there was a very long winded way to answer that question, which I'll do which now. Which is what you want. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know That's if you've ever heard a podcast hey, before. <laughs> I've been told my whole life to shut up. Okay. So. No, no, no. My ideal version of this show is I say why music and then yeah. I leave. So and then perfect. Here I'm gonna mute you, myself. I just want to <laughs> say. I was asked to do the long-winded version, all right? So just for the record, <laughs> sorry for the next four hours of yeah, your Yeah, great. I'm going to turn my mic down. Go off. Basically, the long-winded version as to why I've kind of ended up in, in cabaret is because I was absolutely a musical theatre girly. And as a, as a 15, 16-year-old-ish, I was like dead set, absolutely 100% sure that I was going to be Broadway bound. Mm. Not at all because I thought, um, I was good enough for that. It was just that it was like, that's what I wanted. There are no other options. There are no yeah. other options. It was like, I know that that's going to be such a crazy journey and like it's going to take a lot of hard work and all this stuff and I'm from Perth, Western Australia and I'm trying to get to New York City. Like, But I was mm. like, no, but that's... I, I have to be there like before 16 and like yeah. I, can't, I can't stay there until like I'm after 35 and Ex- I have to be dead. Exactly. So, yeah. And I was like, you know what? Hugh Jackman did it. How high can it be? No. <laughs> Love you, Hugh Jackman. Oh my um, he's my mum's theatre crush, so love to Hugh Jackman. Anyway, but I really, as a teenager, in that kind of innocent and pure perspective I had on life, was like, that is where I'm headed. I'm going to do musical theatre. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do eight shows a week on Broadway. Like, that is the dream. <laughs> yeah. And um, so I kind of dedicated a lot of my life to getting there. So it was all about doing, getting as much experience as possible, doing all my school productions. I was very lucky to go to a school that did great music productions mm. in this in performing arts centre. Like that was such privilege that I had. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I was the only one of the Macri sisters who had that opportunity actually. <laughs> so again, just absolutely loaded with privilege there in my kind of high school experience. So I had so much experience through high school and then once I'd graduated, it was all about doing as much community theatre as I possibly could, mm-hmm. meeting as many people as I possibly could and just kind of, you know, fleshing out that kind of experience but also like my performer resume kind of thing. So I, do, I was doing... Every, every choice I ever made was to kind of fast track me as much as possible mm-hmm. to this get on a plane to New York. And then I did get on a plane to New York yep. and um, I was 17 and we spent three weeks there, me and my sister Nicola. Nicola and Veruca had been there together without me, of course, before this. Um, dun, dun. So I guilted Nicola into coming again, not hard. She was very excited to go. <laughs> like, oh, no. Oh, no, not New York again. Yep. But we spent three weeks there and we looked at the Statue of Liberty from like a, a – few hundred kilometers away and we're like cool and then spent the rest of the time watching two shows a day yeah and it was an incredible experience that I still remember like so vividly of course and um, even then I was like this is it like I'm gonna get found <laughs> like I was just I still had that kind of I guess like I want to call it naivety but that's a bit you know mean towards my my 17 year old self because I really was working for it I, that's what I felt yeah, like I mean we also don't know what what is out there? No, like, honestly, like basically, probably until I was like eighteen, nineteen, I'm like, okay, so there are like six jobs. Yeah, that's it. That's all of the jobs. That's all the jobs. Thank you. And, you and just, there's no and nuance you do to it. any of them. There's no. no like different pathways in any no. of them. There's and six jobs. And you just wake up one day and you've got that job as well. Yeah, yeah. like that's how. Yeah, and yeah, so and of course Broadway is going to come to your high school. Watch you play Annie. Uh, okay, of course, <laughs> of course. And so yeah, I watched so so many shows. I'm like still in debt from that trip. And it was 10 years ago, um, over 10 years right. ago. Um, but it was, we saw so many musicals and I was so inspired, came home um, and just kept going with what I was doing. I was like affirmed that that was what I wanted to mm. do. Anyway, the universe in the few years after that was really telling me that that was not the path for me. 
for many different oh, reasons. Okay. I wasn't getting, you know, auditions and – well, I wasn't getting through auditions mm. and I was kind of being told that I had um, the musical theatre look. A lot of people told me that and that obviously as, right. a, as a teenager you really take that on so personally and you're like, great, yeah, perfect. Someone's going to see me on the street and just <laughs> cast me. Like, um, So I was being told like all these positive things but then sort of really never getting my foot through the door. Mm. And also the environment for me at the time was like – I was noticing was was not healthy for me because it was very much like I'm being compared to everybody else my age and my size and my Mm. height and my looks and um, I didn't want to kind of be put in that trap of feeling like a one of those sort of musical theatre clones which tends to happen a lot yeah and those like positions in those schools and stuff as much as like we want to tell them we like they do churn out chorus members exactly exactly and it was it was I, I I had amazing experiences sort of in that time of my life and really honing my skills and in dance and in acting and in singing and the classic triple threat stuff that you do work on. And I learned so much over those years. Um, But still it was just kind of, I was being told these positive things, but then when it came into auditions, I was just not, I was just not getting things, you Mm. know? And I was like, all right, I can, I can read the room. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like I can see where I'm wanted. And um, funnily enough, like, I so basically so I was auditioning for Whopper for a long time. Feels really weird to in a in a podcast like link myself to Whopper because I really don't feel like a a Whopper girly. It's not it's not where I identify, you know. But it was definitely it was the option for a Perth girl, right? Yeah, it's the one. It's it's the one. It's the (laughs) one. The one. So exactly Whopper. That's what people talk about. My degrees from there. They're just like. Oh, you went to Whopper. I know. I'm like ew. No. I know. I'm like oh yeah. And like again, like. It was, it was just not feeling right for me. Like it's, it's mm. been so amazing for so many people, but it just wasn't right for me. And the thing was, I was really, really wanting it to be right for me, which meant that I was kind of changing these parts of myself to, for it to be right for me. Right, you know, yeah. like I was like, okay, fine. I'm going to learn to sing in my legit because mm. that's what they want. Um, and I'm well, going to try. One, one guy said that Exactly. That's want. what that yeah, one guy said that one yeah. time or like. <laughs> so I've got to follow that for six months. And yeah. Goes, You're not even that voice type. You exactly. Go, You're like, oh, thanks. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I, I mean, I did mean that I kind of learned opera for a little while. It was fun. It was nice. Very much my Italian heritage. Just I've never kind of... heard it being called fun before. That's really funny. <laughs> it felt, I felt like I was really digging deep into my Italian roots, you know, and that my ancestors were coming out through my singing. But, um, and also it is really in positive in a way because I was branching out a lot and like trying all these different things mm. and different genres and different eras and all this kind of stuff. Um, but then, yeah, I was really starting to make decisions specifically for WAPA only. And then right. that's when a lot of people in my life, like thank goodness for my, well, I've always had a very strong support system with mm. my family especially. And they were they were already seeing that I was trying to mould myself to them rather than yeah. let them mould me sort mm. of into what I needed to be kind yeah. of thing. And then I was like, okay, so it's, 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 it's not good enough at the moment. Whatever I'm doing is still not good enough. And I was like, had this kind of moment where – and I'm like maybe 18, 19 now by this time. Of course. And I'm thinking and like, a lot of money on auditions. Those auditions oh cost money. Gosh. They're not free. They you cost money. 
I was working at Baker's Delight. Like, Shut up. I did that stint at Baker's Delight Oh, my too. God. It's a rite of passage. The, yeah. Like illegally low wage, yeah, you know, just absolutely. the most hideous uniform. $10 an hour and 6 a.m. <laughs> oh, my God. I did not think I would come on here and roast Baker's Delight. But like, oh, I'm totally going to roast Baker's Delight. What, what store were you at? <laughs> oh, my God. No, I'm not. I'm actually not. I'm actually not going down there because. Because then we'll find your house. They yeah. will know. Yeah. <laughs> they will hunt me down. My parents still live at their home address. <laughs> Um, Your parents live at Baker's Delight. They do. No, they live very close to Baker's Delight. To be honest, I used oh, to okay. walk there. That's too much. Anyway, too much. you're gonna cut it out. We gotta cut it out. I'm gonna. They're gonna hunt me down. Um, but yeah, so I was really like doing the most to mm. to to just be what they wanted me to be, and um, kind of had this moment again. Like I said, I was. 18, 19 and hilariously was like, I'm not getting any younger <laughs> and I, I am an adult now and had this thought of like, I feel like I'm waiting. I feel like I'm just kind of sitting and waiting for someone to, to give me something, for someone to right, like yes. give me the opportunity to find, to find yeah. me. Yeah, I'm just kind of sitting and I'm not actively doing anything except for auditioning and mm. like um, – perfect yeah exactly like hating myself that was what I was sort of alluding to with with, um how toxic it became for me because I was really really hating myself Mm. and it was this um very unhealthy sense of competition with with my friends and like it's it it made my friendships toxic and like it was it was just not great for me it was Mm. just not the right thing for my personality and the way my brain works it was not good but Again, like I felt like I was just kind of sitting and waiting for, for someone to, to let me into the bachelor course or whatever it might be. Because I mm-hmm. ended up doing the certificate four in musical theatre, which again, I learned so much in that year. Like truly one of the best years of my life and friendships I still have to this day. Like putting 20 theatre kids in a room together is like, that's all we want. It's one thing or another. <laughs> it's either going to be the best yes. year ever or the worst year exactly. you've ever had. Yep. But it was amazing. Like I <laughs> like still so much love to everyone who was in my, my class. And, um, but yeah, again, waiting, waiting, waiting. And then I, I, com- I compare this to in Harry Potter and the Prison of Azkaban where Harry is like waiting for his dad to like appear across the river mm. and use the, the Patronus and like get the Dementors to fly away. And yeah. he's like, he's coming. I've seen it. He's coming. Yeah. And then he goes, oh, wait a second. It's me on yeah, the other side of that river. I've yeah. got to get the Dementors to go away. <laughs> so... <laughs> That is not the reference I thought we were going for. I thought we were immediately going to go, I did my waiting 12 years of it. Oh, but we didn't no, even go okay. that reference, which is No, great. no, no, for sure. <laughs> for sure. But anyway, I'm, an, I'm a recovering Harry Potter fan, just quietly. Mm. Uh, J.K. Rowling. Get fucked. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. Absolutely. Thank you. 100%. You said it yeah. and I agree. Um, <laughs> anyway, but yes, so had that moment of like, hang on. I can be doing a lot more for making my own dreams come true. Mm. And already at this time, both my sisters were doing Fringe Festival. They had already branched out into their own kind of artistic pursuits, Mm. had their own journeys through that, which they've both spoken about on this podcast. And so I was like, can, how do I, how do I do a Fringe show? How do I do it? And they were like, you apply, babe. Do you have two hundred and fifty? Exactly, <laughs> two hundred and seventy-five. Thank you oh, very much. Sorry, it's gone up. It's gone up. Like everything is gone. Okay, mm. yes, of course. <laughs> 
But that was the thing. It was like, you just uh, you just apply. Mm. And I was like, well, I can apply. <laughs> I can, I I'm can just fill waiting. out a I'm form. just waiting to be found. Yeah, I can exactly. I can do that. And still, it was almost like I was still doing that to then take it to the audition and be like, oh, I have a fringe show now. Do you want me? Like, like no, they're still no. like, no. No, they literally were still like, no. Yeah, um, well, actually, we actually I want you less now hint. because exactly. that means you're creating something. I know. Yeah. And I was like, look, I can take a hint. Okay, so I really, I started um, my first ever fringe show, which was actually called What Did You Expect? So that was a solo cabaret with just me and my absolutely incomparable pianist accompanist, Ben Clark. Mm. Absolute dream. Love him dearly. So, and he was actually accompanying me in my singing lessons at the time. So he, I was kind of like, hey, buddy, <laughs> want to play for me in this silly little show? Yeah. It was like a half hour show. It was so tiny. But we just sort That's of put it together. Wow. It was but tiny. But it's also still probably like eight songs. So. Oh, yeah, exactly. And so, <laughs> a lot of work on your own. And I really didn't want to bite off more than I could chew at the time. So I was like, I'm just going to sing some songs, um, make them funny, and just have a good time. Mm-hmm. And then show them that I'm you know, out there doing, doing, doing the thing. Yeah. That's um, that bit where they want you to have life experience. But exactly. But when you actually have any life experience, they're like, they're like oh, no, not like, too not much. like that. No, not like, <laughs> not like that. that. Not like that. <laughs> so exactly. And then so after that, I kind of, all, all the hatred of myself that I was experiencing before started to slowly slip away when I mm. joined this sort of amazing fringe community that we still have to this day. And I was able to, after that, officially like just close the door to, um, not to musical theatre in general. I hope that door is very much still open. Thanks. But I closed it to Whopper and the auditioning mm. thing and the getting my bachelor in it and the the, the moving to Melbourne future and the yeah. Broadway future. I was like, it's actually not what I want anymore yeah. either. And if, it, if it's not this pathway of getting No. There, yeah. And I remember... and. It's funny. It's always funny when I talk about this kind of thing because it's it's easy for me to say that I closed the door when in reality, like I just didn't get in. Yeah. So yeah, you know, there's there's truth to that that I wasn't what they were looking for at the time. That's fine. Yeah. But I I if there's anything I guess anyone else can take from the story, it's that like I didn't let the, those decisions determine what I was going to do with the rest of my Absolutely. life. Absolutely. And we talked about like a little earlier the fact that like we only think there's six jobs when we're like yeah. 15, 16, 17. We also think there's only one way of getting to exactly. anything either. It's exactly. Like, it's very much get in my car and I have one pathway and I get on the freeway and I'm there. Exactly. And that's like the end of it. So you go like, okay, so I have to finish high school, go to work, but get the yeah. bit of paper. That bit of paper will magically be in exactly. New York. And then a bit, that's how you book, exactly. book those are the steps. Exactly. And it's like, oh, but did you know there are other paths? There are other paths. <laughs> are other and things. then also yeah. there are paths that don't even exist yet because you haven't created them yet. Absolutely. So that was kind of how I felt. It was like, hang on, let me just try this out and mm, just see how this mm-hmm. goes. I also should mention that Glee was in its prime. <laughs> I just think I that's really like, important. My references are from one problematic thing to another problematic exactly. thing. Exactly. See, references. and you know what? We've been to a lot of therapy since. <laughs> And we've learned the error of our ways. Not but the like, error, just like unfortunately all of the media we got to consume. Unf- yeah, exactly. Was it, was, it was just spoon fed to us. Mm. But like so I very much had that like I'm also a Leo moon. So it's like <laughs> the main character energy over here, okay, that's the most problematic part. <laughs> that's really the issue. Was it not Henry Kissinger if not for the problem of my I, birth? <laughs> exactly. And so and I was a – look. I hate to say it, but I was a real Rachel Berry, okay? And it was just not what? working for me. It was not. It was not working for her, and it, it was, was not working, working for me. And so, her and Ashley Tisdale. Oh, like, <laughs> guys, like bless you. So anyway, I'm really. I'm roasted Baker's delight. I'm roasting Leah Michelle. Mm-hmm. It's good. It's good. This is it. And it's good because they both listen. 
<laughs> yeah, they both. They <laughs> they're both the huge person. fans of me personally as well. <laughs> um, but gosh, where I've gone on such a tangent now. Oh, paths. back to paths, doors, paths, paths, and doors. So, yeah. So, I, it's easy for me to say that I close the door when really the door was not opening for me, kind of mm. thing. That's really how mm-hmm. it feels. But I did get to a point where I kept getting to that third round of um, callbacks, getting into the bachelor yeah. and then waiting for the call. I like that sort of kept happening repeatedly, which is like a really tortuous type mm. of. And it's always December. It's always <laughs> December. That's when my birthday is. And yeah. like that's when I'm trying Absolutely. to vibe. I love Christmas. Like I'm yeah. trying to have a good time out mm-hmm. here. And it, it was really, really stressful. And then funnily enough, I've continued to make December really stressful because now I do fringe every year. But anyway, <laughs> I had this moment where I was, waiting by the phone because I knew the calls were going out. And I actually had this moment of like, I feel, I feel sick. Yep. Thinking about my phone ringing now has been, the, has been the dream for as long as I can remember at this point. And now it's actually making me feel sick to my stomach. Like the nausea was like palpable. Interesting. And There's always the what happens if I don't get it. But now yes. so I was like, what happens if I do? Exactly. And it's because I had <gasps> yeah. already started seeing the other paths that were out there. And I was like, this actually this path seems right to me now. Mm. And I actually don't want to do this other path that I thought was the most important thing to me ever. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'm just going to like try this other path. So that's when I officially closed the door was after that sort of experience. And then again, it's easy to say that because I didn't get the phone call. <laughs> <laughs> so it's very easy for me to say like, oh my God, look at me. I just did my own thing. But like <laughs> it was, the choice was also made for me in a lot of ways. So anyway, did that first cabaret show and I did that two years in a row. Mm. The second year I did Fringe was when we first started Cow with a K. And so that is backtracking to the very side of this conversation. That show was created because I was like, right, I've waited for a while now, I'm still 20 years old, but like I've waited for <laughs> a while. I've waited my whole life. life. Yeah. But I was like, I've waited for, I've waited to play Sally Bowles. I've waited to play Velma Kelly. I've waited mm-hmm. to be in all of these musicals that are, have my dream roles in them. It's not happening. I'm also, by the way, 20 is way too young to play either Sally Absolutely. Bowles or Velma Kelly. I was Kelly. going to say, you, the only thing you haven't done is thrown in Miss Hannigan. Like you're just I, like, why are these <laughs> the things that I want? Literally. And so I was like, but I really want to perform these songs. I love these songs. I love these routines. Mm. Um, they exist so much in my body already because they're, you know, things I've been doing forever. And um, in my living room, I mean. Yeah. You know, classic. We were absolutely that family that performed at Christmas. Um, in the living room. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so I was like, cool, well, what if I just put them all in a show and then just bloody do it? Mm-hmm. Like, who's going to stop me? No one. You just apply and you yeah. pay your $275. <laughs> I think, low-key, I think it was like $325 at the time. It's still, it's more than that now. Like, and uh, Anyway. Everything's so tiring. Anyway, we love the economy. <laughs> so um, I love maths and money. Um, getting so, it. And getting it. So, yeah, I was, I, and I remember actually like I'd done my first Fringe Festival as an artist. I'd been roving actually a lot. Um, so I was already kind of had had my little artist pass. I'd been working for Neon Carousel. So I was doing their little roving, which I still to this day absolutely love to do. Mm. It's just like the silly goose in me just gets to live her life, you know? Um, absolutely love doing that. Shout out to them. And, um, I 
was so I had I was already experiencing that artist past life <laughs> and that budgie smuggler life and just absolutely loving it and meeting everyone in the community and um, obviously having my two sisters as well. Like mm. they really kind of held my hand and just. I didn't even really have to do much, yeah, to be honest. Yeah, meet all these people who have also forged their own path and are fine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, like, so I'm, like, you know, a bit of a Nepo baby in that way, actually. <laughs> I was just, like, can you guys just introduce me to everyone? It's just the macros and Nepo babies. <laughs> <laughs> I was, like... Hey, you know all the hard work you guys have done with your networking and your your hustling. Can you just can I just like piggyback on that for a little sec? Um, and they're like, of course, they're like, like absolutely, yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh-huh. So I'd done that first proper show as a as a fringe artist, and then I remember like sitting on our parents' couch and coming up with this show because basically, so Kiara the K obviously is a direct reference to Liza with a Z, mm-hmm. right? And we were watching Liza with a Z. Or at least I had been watching Liza with Z for the thousandth time. And I was like, I just want to do this. This is mm. th- I just want to do this. I just want to be an idiot yeah. on the stage, wear lots of crazy costumes, perform these songs, dance these routines. Like, I just want to do this. How do we do this? Do you guys want to do it with me? And they were like, obviously. <laughs> and then we just, from there, like, we knew it was going to be the three of us at least. And then we were like, okay, who else do we know? And again, I felt like very new and I didn't know who I could approach mm. or like who would even ever even think about being in a show with me kind of thing. And I'd never, I, I'd only produced one show before that and not like a cast show. Yeah, I'm really so the only person on the line for that show was you. Yeah, exactly. Or and obviously your pianist. Yeah, and, and like, I'd hired myself. Fine. Yeah, so <laughs> it was like, yeah, like it was, I was like, oh my gosh, no one's going to want to be in this show yeah. kind of thing. And then you have like, oh my gosh, now I am I'm responsible for you dickheads. I know, That's I know, like, what am I going to do with this? And like, you're also way more talented than me. <laughs> Why did I do this? Always hire people more talented <laughs> you gotta than yourself. you got to do it, pushes you, you know, yeah. pushes you. Keeps you humble. Keeps you humble. <laughs> but um, yeah, keeps I had you backstage. Ex- that's what it keeps you exactly. So I had like basically gathered this little troop of like my friends, basically, or like uh-huh. mostly my sister's friends, and then <laughs> made them into my friends, and then put them in a show. Yeah, and um, I got to give it to them because at the time they quite um blindly just were like, yeah, like they just had some sort of trust in mm. in the process or in my vision or whatever it was and they were like yeah we're in let's do it mm. and I'm so grateful for that because they really like put all of themselves in that and I wanted that very first Kiara with K show I have such fond memories of because it really was about all of us doing things that we'd not had the opportunity to do before totally yeah and so I was like, here are all the definite numbers that I want to do because mm. I've been waiting my whole 20 years <laughs> to, to get I think yeah. I was not I think I was 19. I think I was 19, even younger. You're making it worse. <laughs> I'm making it much worse. Um, but I was like, here's the ones I definitely want to do. And then um let's stick to this kind of genre. But like, mm. what do you guys want to do? And I think even at that stage, like Polly St. Pearl hadn't done her first, hadn't like debuted as a solo burlesque artist. Oh, wow. Okay. And I had known her through theatre and things yeah. like that. And she didn't actually end Which up. It's great because now people go like, oh, she's a vocalist. You're oh, like, oh, my shut God, up. is she a vocalist. She's a vocalist. <laughs> As it like, leave some room for the rest of us, Polly. <laughs> Absolutely. My God. Um, I love you. Um <laughs> But yeah, like she, she didn't actually end up debuting in our show. She, she did debut that year, um, but she was kind of new as well mm. in that way. And I knew that she was incredible. So I was like, please come and take your clothes off in my show, for, <laughs> for the love of God. Um, and I, and I, I say, and then uh, Lucy Love Gun is literally in my show. Like, who let that happen? <laughs> who let that happen? 
I remember. Oh my God, the first uh, she did, she really did. Mm. That's on you, boo. Um, but I remember, like, I remember meeting her for the first time and like fully fangirling in a very embarrassing way. And she will remember the whole situation. It was a lot. I was very, I was. She like jump scared me. And then anyway, wait, what? Like at Woolworths? What are you talking no, about? No, like in. Well, actually, speaking of neon, neon carousel roving in ah. like one of those shipping containers at the back of the pleasure garden. That's terrifying. Terrifying and sweaty. And sweaty. Anyway. I met her and then was like, oh, my God, I'm really in love with you. And she was like, who's this idiot? <laughs> anyway, and then, of course, she she's Veruca's stage mum, burlesque mum. So um, they were already very close. And when we were having this uh, faux meeting on my parents' couch about this show, Veruca was like, if you don't ask Love Gun, she's going to be so mad. Yeah, and absolutely. I was like, okay, yeah. okay, okay. So I asked her and she oh, was you're like, like, oh, no, twist my arm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, twist my arm. So I was like, would you want to? We're on the show. She was like, absolutely. So anyway, she's still here to this day. I love her. I pinch myself every time. Um, but the whole cast, honestly, are really dear friends of mine mm. and and blood-related family members. Yep. So They're the friends and the ones that have to be Exactly. There. <laughs> and I remember them really being such cheerleaders for me in that whole first journey because I was really needing a lot of guidance because mm. I had not ever produced a show at that scale before. I was a little baby. Like these were like seasoned professionals as well. And I was like, I don't know how to tell you what to do. Like, was Connie's the home from Jump? Um, yes. Yeah, oh, it was. Wow, yeah, cool. I know. And so even then it was like having, having those – no pun intended, connections um, <laughs> with those people <laughs> yeah. was, was amazing as well because I was like, oh, my God, pinch me. Like yeah. I can't believe this is happening. And I have a, a very, again, like because going back to sort of where we, where we got to here, which is like me trying to find my path and like me trying to figure out what I was supposed to be doing and what I wanted to do. Um, I remember the very, I, I was so stressed out, obviously, the whole lead up and rehearsal period of that mm. first show. I was like, oh my God, Im- imposter syndrome just out the wazoo. Just, yeah. I was like, why am I doing this? What a silly little goose. Like no one's going to come to this show. Everyone's going to think I'm so silly. But I had that troop there, like, never letting me think that for more than a second. Yeah. And they still do that to this day. And I remember as well, so funnily enough, us Macri sisters, we did not like each other for a really, really <laughs> long time, right? Yeah. And our kind of working relationship is quite funny to look at now, especially for people who knew me when I was a teenager because mm. I hated them and they hated me, right? <laughs> anyway, then I grew up, went to therapy and now we're best friends. Um, but... I remember specifically the very first opening night of Kiara the K. We open with Bye Bye Blackbird, which starts with me facing the back. That's a very classic Kiara yep. the K. I'm always going to start facing the back. It's like I've never had an original idea. Do a turn around. Ta-da. She, oh, my God. Who is it? Oh, it's <laughs> Kiara. Um, and then at the end of that number, the curtain closed again. And so as the curtain was closing, I felt these like hands on, on my back just do like a little like, ooh, at my back. And I was like, oh, I don't know who that is because I'm facing the curtain right now turn around and it was Veruca and at that time that was so special to me because we were very kind of early in our working relationship but also our friendship Mm. past our kind of like sisterhood Nicola had decided to like me (laughs) a long time before that she like literally made a a decision she was like I'm gonna wake up tomorrow I'm gonna try and like her um, but Veruca and, like, and I. This is a teenager and a child. And oh, I'm gonna, exactly. I'm going to kind of meet the adult now. Yeah. Exactly. And so to have that. And like also Veruca's very much not like a physically affectionate person at all. And I very Wait, much no. am. What? Wait. You don't know this? No. Please. <laughs> um, 
but yeah, so having, realizing that that was her and sort of having this excitement of like, oh my gosh, we're doing it. Like you, you did it kind of mm. thing was like so meaningful to me. And even just like hearing the crowd and like knowing that it was a show that people were enjoying, to be fair, it was mostly family members and friends because in the, the, in the audience, it, but they were loving yeah. it. And so that was so affirming to me. So then all of those feelings I was having in the past as a teenager of being like, nobody wants me. I'm not good enough. I can't mm. do it. I'm not going to make it. All of those things that I think we all feel along the way Absolutely. the whole time. Yeah, and also um, it's just like the law of being a teenager. Exactly. So you add the arts on top of that and then it's oh just my gosh, not okay. torture. <laughs> exactly. And so then after that first show, I was like, oh, my gosh, I think I'm on the right bloody track. Like mm. I think I've found it kind of thing and was just so grateful for everybody uh, around me at that time. And, of course, like my parents were so ridiculous supportive especially in that first year for me to just do it and I was quite um taken by the fact that no one in that journey doubted me mm. I absolutely doubted myself for sure still do to this day again it's what we it's, it's the just rules, a yeah. it's the rules <laughs> that's how it works absolutely. but um they did not doubt me and when I needed help they gave me help and they it was never any judgment or never like oh you really you know you, you can't do this you're not capable of this it was just like go on then babe do it. Yeah. Live your life. And so that's been so amazing for me. And then, um, yeah. Wow. That's really, I guess, wow. I could ramble on for years. Absolutely. But I mean, I'm going to steer it a tiny good, little bit. Please. Because I, obviously there's like this beginning moment and the way that obviously Kara with a K began, but also your journey into a path that you could divine yeah. that began as well. Yeah. Um, how would you compare like that sort of, like, I'm going to call it like a seedling moment to what the version of the show is, but also yourself as a performer is now. Yeah, gosh, I think um, there's been, I've evolved just as a human and as an adult so much Yay. in those years, <laughs> yeah. um, which, you know, again, mentioned therapy already a couple of times, but I've been to a lot of therapy <laughs> and um, have actually been seeing my same therapist consistently the whole time I've from from auditions to yeah wow. from audition period to now wow she's like my longest relationship <laughs> love her um but yeah so i've evolved a lot i've grown a lot just as an adult as a human mm. and then i think i've also learned to trust the people in the show but then also trust myself a little bit more as well in yeah. terms of how we can execute a vision because I'm an incredibly visual person yeah. like photographic memory kind of thing so when I imagine something I really like imagine every detail yeah and um the stage is doing things that like you're like that's this is the shot from the movie exactly that I'm trying to exactly and you're like, yeah but we're not in an, this we're in a you're like, arch mm, that's in the round what li- are we doing exactly and I'm like what do you mean what do you just mean? get upside down on a chair it's not that hard like you're it's calling <laughs> up Barbie being like can you change the shape yeah, I'm of like, the walls Alan Cummings gonna be there it's, <laughs> it's part of the vision um but no that's exactly it because I'm so so inspired again like we said in the intro by that whole era of the mm. Liza Minnelli the that whole you know cabaret coming out the movie Chicago, Bob Fosse, mm. all that whole era is just where I've always been at. Like mm-hmm. that's just always been, I've always watched that and been like, yep, that one. <laughs> like the aesthetic of it all, the the style of music, everything. And just like like the cinematography of it all as well yes. is just so yeah. inspiring to me. Very specific um, too. It yeah. is so specific, exactly. And so that's like the vision's always been so strong to me. And then even while we were sort of just basically creating Lies with a Z without any of the copyright, um, <laughs> we was, again, it was just that, it was that vision. Mm. And I think I was able to ex- explain that to everyone in the show pretty early on. And they all were all like, yes, we can see it. We understand it. And now instead of doing Lies with a Z without the 
Liza with a Z without the copyright. We're now just doing Cabaret the Musical without the copyright. <laughs> so it's just evolved into the more kind of like darker sort of Weimar Germany, mm, like, yeah. you know, that kind of vibe. Yeah. Um, and I think as well the show these days is a lot more kind of polished and mm-hmm. um, we all work on a hive mind now in terms of how the show works. So before we were, you know, having – rehearsal periods for weeks and doing all this extra stuff and now it's like we meet a few times and then we mm-hmm. put the show on because yeah. also because we're not getting paid for rehearsal so we got to be time efficient yeah. um, but because everyone just kind of gets it mm-hmm. and they understand the vision and then we execute it and um, definitely where I see the show going now is we've just finished our fringe run for this year and it was very much more like a, a darker 1930s style, very early 1930s style um, kind of style of cabaret, mm. the German the German way. And so I see it kind of going more down that path and just kind of staying in that sort of dirtier, grungier kind, yeah. of, kind of era where there's a lot more sort of audience immersion and um, – Cabaret the musical, yeah, basically. Um, well, like having seen um, that recent show, congratulations. Very, oh, thank you. Thank very, you. very fun time for me. I uh, don't know what anyone else is feeling, but I had a great time. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's also like harkened back to that sort of like um, words aria, but there was like a slight moment that early 1930 where there's also like a tiny bump of like um, queer liberation. Oh, in my that space gosh. Too, yes. And thank you for bringing that up. Yes, yes. Which also like it seems to be embedded in the show. Oh, absolutely. And that's a that's a kind of a big thing for me now because I feel like as an artist, especially in the culture that we've now created, mm-hmm. I do feel like there there is sort of a a responsibility for me to kind of um say something with you with the art. Mm, you know what I mean? Interesting. And I am a very privileged white girl. Mm. So there's not a lot that I should speak on, I totally. think, yep. right? But I'm a queer white girl Mm. and not a lot of people really know that or see that about me because I'm not necessarily very explicit about it. I am queer and I don't need to prove that in any other way, you know, and I, and I affirm that with anyone in my life kind of thing. Like you don't have to prove how queer you are to be queer. You can just be queer. Mm. And that was such a massive part of the early 1930s. Yeah. It was like, it wasn't, it wasn't people being like, hello, we are queer, we are out, we're trying to be like activists about it mm. because they well, they, because they couldn't because Absolutely, they were in an incredibly yeah. unsafe environment. But those um, clubs became so iconic because they were just being themselves mm-hmm. and by being themselves they were affirming for more people that they could also come and be themselves mm. with them. And um, – it was, you know, a horrific time for, for queer people as well and for lots of other people in that time. Not a great part <laughs> of our history. Um, but that's the thing is like when I decided I kind of wanted to go more into that realm of that sort of queer history, I wanted to make sure I wasn't being super like political about it or like anything too kind of um, activisty. I guess. Mm-hmm. I just really wanted it to be authentic because a lot of m- – most of the people in my show are queer. Yeah. I'm queer. And where our venue is a queer nightclub. Absolutely. And we're just allowed to rock up and just be queer, you know? Yeah. And we don't have to like prove it or like um, be explicit in any way that we're not comfortable with or whatever. Like we can just be existing. And so there's a part in in our show where I had realised we were putting the show together and I was like, we're not 
being very explicitly queer, even mm. though I've kind of like stated even that this show. Even though you sing a love song to Polly. Well, like, well, right. Oh my God. But all right, job. whatever. Not to like did spoiler I... alert it or anything. <laughs> no spoilers. Did I not mention I was in love with it? Um, <laughs> but yeah, like I, so I was kind of like, oh, we're not being explicit about it. But like, what if we just don't sit on chairs properly? <laughs> And then everyone will know. And honestly, that and joke. everyone will know. That, that joke landed so good every night. Kudos to Nicola and her comedic genius. Mm. But like I was, that got such a laugh every night. I'm so yeah. proud of that. Anyway, but um, yeah, that's the thing. Is like I um, also very much have, have felt still, still now I'm sort of getting rid of it of like slowly but surely in that I feel like I'm not queer enough. Yeah, and so, yeah. And so like. Being able to just be like, hey, by the way, I'm queer. Mm. And then do a show that's like a little bit queer. Yeah. Is enough for me. Mm. And I hope that it's like uh, enough for others as well, even though I don't care if it's not enough for others. <laughs> good, good job. Here we go. Thank Your you. therapist would Therapy. be so proud of that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I think as well, like how I've evolved as a performer, to take it back to the actual question that you asked me, again, she goes off on tangents. Um, you are answering the question. <laughs> but I've evolved so much as a performer, I think, because, well, I've got to give credit to, like, everybody around me because mm. I've, like, I learned through osmosis and observation and, like, the pure skill and professionalism and, like, just um, go-getter <laughs> attitude that, like, these people in my life have has yeah. very much, like, absorbed into me and... Um, I'm so grateful for them because I'm like constantly learning and I'm talking very broadly about basically the whole Perth community because mm. I learn from everyone and every show I see inspires me and I think that I've evolved in the way that I'm a lot more sort of confident with um, who I am and what I can do and what where my strengths are and things like that. But I also always take it back to my like number one sort of icon when it comes to cabaret, literally Liza Minnelli, because the thing I've always loved about Liza is that she gets on the stage and when she performs, she's not performing because she thinks she's good or she's not performing because she's trying to show you how good she is. Yeah. You can see just she's on that stage because she wants to be there and mm -hmm. she's just having the time of her life. And, like, if she hits a bung note or if whatever, like, she doesn't care. Mm. Like, and no one else cares because you're watching her yeah. and you're just so, like, enamoured by Absolutely. her. Talk to them afterwards. They'll be like, what do you mean bung note? She was full of Exactly, yeah. exactly. And, like, she's just, like... She does it for the joy of it purely. Mm -hmm. Everything else is is bonus. The fact that she is an incredible powerhouse of talent is secondary <laughs> to the fact that she loves to perform. Yeah. And I always remind myself that before I get on the stage, especially when that imposter syndrome creeps in and stuff, you know, because I really just remember that I'm only I'm only doing this and I would only be doing this because I love it. Yeah. Because I almost, enjoy it. Yeah, which is almost contradictory to like little Kiara mm. who was trying so hard to fit into somebody else's box of exactly. like what they wanted to present at a university. Exactly. Like what they were looking for at the time yeah. or whatever. It's like that wasn't who you, you know, who your yes. idols were, who the people around you oh, were. Oh, exactly. It's yeah, it was not. Yeah. And that's why I was really never fitting into that box. Exactly. And like I um, also think that I was really trying to strive for perfection at the mm. time and I'm a chronic perfectionist and people pleaser and all Absolutely. those lovely things, yeah. which until recently thought was like one of my top qualities. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> it's a horrible thing to be and everyone should go to therapy. Um, but I was really trying to perfect my voice. And then I watched Liza and I'm like, why am I striving, perf perf striving for perfection when 
first of all, it's unattainable. Mm -hmm. And second of all, it's not why I'm doing it. And I'm never going, I'm like, I'm never going to reach it. I'm never going to be perfect. I also don't want to be like Kiara Macri, perfect singer. It's like not Mm. where I'm headed, you know, like, and I don't watch other people going, wow, I enjoy them because they're perfect or Mm. because they've got the most incredible voice. I mean, gosh, I still absolutely hate my voice, but it's like, you know, again, that's a rule. I guess it's a rule. It's a rule. It's a rule. (laughs) But, um, I've learned that like kind of my stage presence and the way that I perform on stage and all that mm. kind of stuff, that's kind of where my strengths lie. Yeah. And at the end of the day, we entertain people. Yeah, and, and it's if, why you're in, you're doing theatre and not film. It's why yeah. you're doing like you're singing live and not releasing a bunch of singles. Oh, exactly. Because it's like if you wanted perfection, yeah. hire an engineer. Exactly. <laughs> Put me on auto tune. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, hire someone to fiddle with the digits afterwards. Yeah. But if you want like a live theatrical experience where this is a moment in time that regardless if you're doing the same show every single night you and me in the audience we're all going to have a different experience and a personal experience exactly that's what it's about exactly and that's what I love as well and I think I guess that's another answer to why cabaret for me Mm. because of that lack of fourth wall and being able to really like connect with the audience and talk to people and like um just be different every night in that way as well in saying that though like I absolutely love musical theatre and I really yeah. miss doing musicals. And, um, you know, I would dabble in film if it came along, you know. Oh, we're like, not shutting doors now. <laughs> no, exactly. Just bang them all open. Talk. We're going to keep them open. Um, and I do want to kind of do more than just the, the very specific a vision of my show as well. Like mm. there's just so much that I kind of want to do. Musicals and with an M. <laughs> musicals with an M. Coming to Fringe World 2025. Um, but that's the thing is like I think the show has given me the confidence or like the um, the the clarity that I can do some things and that I, I do want the opportunities now. Like I, it's almost like mm. I've come full circle to be like, okay, I've affirmed enough of who I am as a performer now that I'm ready to kind of do the other things. Yeah. Even though that's a scary thing because I still feel like I'm going to put my, my foot through the door and then be yelled at that I'm not good enough again. But it's like, <laughs> yeah, I do want to do more and kind of explore more about who I am as a performer and what kind of things I can do and parts of my voice I haven't used before mm. and characters I haven't played before and all that kind of stuff. So... Um, yeah. Incredible. And if people want to book you for the next film because it's exactly where you're about to go, where do they find you? Well, um, so there's two Instagrams. If you want my private one, you'll mostly, you'll both mostly just see outfit pics, honestly, but it's at Kiara Dion. Um, but our Kiara with a K Instagram is, I hope, Kiara dot with a K. Well, now I feel like I hang on. I Wait, believe. Keep talking for a second. Hang yeah, on. yeah. Yes, you're right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Kiara yeah, there you go. With a K. It's a very curated word. Instagram. No one ever knows that because no one checks people's full pages, but it's like a very aesthetically pleasing oh, Instagram. Oh, it's got a good wall. Yeah. yeah. If, I, if I do say so myself, I know that's very <laughs> 10 years ago Instagram, but I put a lot of commitment into that. So please go. Yeah. No, if if you don't appreciate the show, at least appreciate that. that. I tried doing the whole, I'm going to have a colour palette and I'm going to have a wall. Yeah. And, and now I just, I vomit and I just put up whatever's <laughs> Yeah, whatever's exactly. Yeah. Very lucky enough. Um, and remember everybody, if you like this episode of WA Expose, you can like, rate, subscribe, etc., on whatever platform you're currently listening to us on or send us a message to WAExposePod at gmail.com. And we'll ask our next incredible guest. Thank you so much. This has been a whirlwind delight. This is so What an honor. Thank you. Bye-bye. WA Expose is an independent production. 
Our artwork was created by Georgia Sassenfeld and our theme music is Corrosive by Aria Scarlett and M. Burrows. You can find out more about the podcast or live shows at ariascarlett.com forward slash WA expose. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.